Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Hey everyone, welcome to the uh, Gospel Attic Podcast. I am Jim Resky, one of your co-hosts. I'm joined with Greg Ryan. Greg, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Jim. What's right. happening? Well, Greg, you know, uh, tonight we are going to do what we love to do, which is the after talk. Uh, oh, yeah, the talk we wish we would have given. The talk you wish you would have given, because what we're here to do today is talk about your talk you just gave on the book of Jeremiah, or the first half of Jeremiah. and. Um, and kind of uh, go through and talk about what uh, what you wish you would have said or what you would have said differently. And I think one thing we should talk about up front, Greg, is if anyone has listened to that on the uh, Gospel Attic podcast, the audio of it was just terrible. Not you speaking, but the audio production quality. And we probably need to apologize for that because while we had you some were technical speaking, glitches, I I had I had no I was not aware of it, but um, thankfully. Yeah, so there were some audio difficulties. Now, apparently, that those audio difficulties were only for the first few minutes. So, if you can endure the first like ten minutes, I think it gets better. Good. Hopefully, people will do that. And then I think at the there's the end. There were problems too. So uh, we haven't talked about this in the podcast. But while you're speaking, any Sunday that I am not speaking, me and one other guy run all the cameras and audio equipment and all the rest. But we're amateurs, so we're broadcasting it. That as you're speaking, we we have a we have to multiple cameras set up, audio recordings. We're live uh, live streaming it on Zoom, and then we take it and uh, we'll post video of it later. Not at a searchable link, but just for the guys who attend, they'll be able to go back and look at it later if they want to on YouTube. But um, like I said, we're amateurs. We're running all that equipment, and every week there's a glitch of some kind. The internet goes out, or Zoom just crashes and on yours uh one of the physical connections to the camera was just not solid it kept like like the wire kept wiggling and that made the software click 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 out in and out all the time and it just kept crashing so all of which is to say uh is to offer apologies to our listeners for that and i hope they listen for, plow through the first few minutes and listen to the rest of it because i thought it was pretty great yeah, well, I started out saying Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I started quoting the uh, Three Dog Night song, Joy to the World, uh, yep. and talked about how, asked them, asked them how many of how many of the guys thought about that song when they were reading through the book of Jeremiah. And, of course, it's hard not to think of that song, but it has nothing to do with the Bible. But... Um, then I said Jeremiah was not a bullfrog; he was a bullhorn, a bullhorn yes. for God. When you considered all that he endured for the sake of the calling that God gave him, uh, never seeing any fruit from his ministry, um, and yet he was faithful. And it's a great, it's a great, it really is a great, especially in our day and age where so many ministries they want to be successful. Um, and so what is success in ministry? What does it mean to be successful in ministry? Sometimes we think it's always about numbers and 
how big a group is or how big your church is or your ministry is. But Jeremiah is a great study because he shows you that probably the most important key to success in ministry is, is not fruitfulness as much as it is faithfulness. Yeah. Well, fruitfulness as we define it, right? Because you could say after several thousand years of hindsight, Jeremiah's work on this earth and his writings, you know, are incredibly fruitful, right? Incredibly meaningful, although he didn't really feel that way during his lifetime. Yeah, during his during his life, he saw little, like pretty much no converts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you think about his writings, they're still being read today and are impacting people's lives. I mean, it's it's uh it's pretty cool, pretty cool to think yeah. about. So I get do you want to ask you before we leave the topic, when I when I heard you say that Jeremiah was a bullfrog, and I think your slide said uh I, I realize that our listeners won't see this now because we're on audio, but it said number one rock songs from the 70s. That's not really the number one rock song of the 70s, is it? No, it's not. Okay. It, it might have been a it, well, in in that person's opinion, it was their number one rock song. <laughs> Some it might have made a number one list of some somebody's list, but I don't think it was like Billboard chart, you know. Um, but it was definitely a popular song. I mean, oh uh, sure, yeah. Do you and it's such might... a weird song. It's it shows you that lyrics don't really matter because it's you know Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine, never, never understood a single word he said, but I helped him drink his wine. I helped him drink his wine. Yeah. Then, and then breaking that, into joy to the world, all the boys and girls, all the fishes in the deep blue sea, joy to you and me, right? Right. It just shows you uh, that you don't have to be a great songwriter to to make a hit song, I guess. <laughs> so, but I, my, when you said those words, my question, I was thinking, and I want to ask you later, do you think of that song when you read the book of Jeremiah? Is that why you brought it up? Oh, I mean, I think... I probably heard that song before I even knew who Jeremiah in the Bible was. So, sure. so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I mean, when I, when I read his name, Jeremiah, I mean, I, it's, I associate it with that song. That's, that's too funny. Might show my age. Well, you did clarify that that song has nothing to do with the book and you went on to give the talk. So, Yes. And then we talked about the two big themes in Jeremiah. I will punish and I will restore. Yeah. And you helped me out with those from when you taught it a couple of years ago. Well, it's timeless, right? That's what the book is about. So uh, as people listen to the podcast, now we do go through these books on a cycle every two years. And so you're covering the book again. Um, I think and actually the teaching team does a pretty good job of finding a different aspect of it or whatever. But so when you're saying this is the big themes of the book, I think those really are the themes of the book. I will punish and I, and I will restore. Um, so uh, I, I saw that up there. I said, oh, yes, we talked about that. We talked about it in the prequel, the uh, podcast before you, the talk, too. So I'm glad you used it. I thought that was, that was great. That's right. So a lot of times uh, when we do this after talk, we talk about things that we wish we would have done. Yes. Um, regrets we have. I don't really have one. I mean, I got to be honest with you in preparing for this. I struggle like I certain some some 
Bible um, books are easier to teach than others. And this one, yeah. this one I really struggled with at first. And it wasn't until the final few days before I taught it that it kind of fell together and kind of came together. And I think it came together pretty well. Um, at the very end of my talk, I talked about um, the ways that we see Jesus, how Jesus how Jeremiah points us to Jesus. Yes. And so if I have a regret, sometimes my regret is that I wish I would have got to that. Cause a lot of times you're, you get to the end and you're running out of time Yeah, and you don't get to spend as much time on something that's in, as important as that point is that, um, that Jeremiah points us to Jesus, that Jesus is the true and better Jeremiah. And That's then right. there's all these different parallels. Even Jesus, when he was alive, um, there's that passage where the disciples, he well, he asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Right. And then it's they some some and the disciples say, Well, some people, or who do the people say that I am? And he and Disciples say, well, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. They mentioned Jeremiah. Hmm. And you think, well, why did they mention Jeremiah? But if you look at, there's so many different parallels that he was born in a small village outside of Jerusalem. Um, he was, uh, he was, he never married. God told him never to marry. Um I mean, there's he was rejected by his own people. That's right. There's just so many different parallels to Jesus. So you can see why people thought, well, maybe he's like Jeremiah risen from the dead or something. You know, when you were talking, Craig, in the in the talk, and I know that feeling when you feel like you, you feel like this is what I really wanted to get to and I wanted to communicate with you is the gospel and how Jesus shows up. Every book we read, doesn't matter where we are in the Bible, Jesus is there. He is the thread that goes through the whole Bible, right? And so you get to this and you say, this is the important thing, but sometimes you're kind of out of time and it's kind of rushed. And um, and so uh, when, you, when, you re when you were going through this list, you're talking about, you had a list on the screen of all these things that kind of show how Jesus is the true and better Jeremiah and the parallels between the two. There's one of them on the list that just says, why me? And you, uh, I know, I know that you were pressed for time. You kind of skipped over that. And I was thinking about that. And I think they're the, the why me part. Uh, they both kind of say, why, why me? Kind of like, why me Lord? And there's a, a moment um, where Jeremiah is saying, why, why have you called me to this ministry? And then of course, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane says, Lord, if you could find any way, other way to take this cup from me, there's got to be another way to save these people. And of course, God says to both of them, nope, I, I want you to do this. So I didn't, and I, and I don't know if you want to amplify that on the, this passage in Jeremiah, where Jeremiah talks that way, because he certainly. It, yeah. it, it, no, I think, it, I think I, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think you did a good job articulating that. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting point. And, and Jeremiah is so unique in, in that sense um, when you compare him to other prophets and other people in the Bible. Um, I mean, a lot of his ministry was, it wasn't, it, it wasn't just his message. It was about him. Yes. It was about his, 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 his well, experience. 
experience. His ministry wasn't about, about him. His ministry wasn't about him, but the book is so much about him personally. Yes. I think that's we. And uh, I don't forget if we talked about the prequel, right? But so many scholars say that it's very different from the prophets because it's almost like a story about Jeremiah as well as the prophets, you know, his prophetic words, right? Um, so that's why I love the uh, the last one in your list, which is you have on your, on your list of the, why Jesus is the true and better Jeremiah. And which which one's that? The last one. He says e everyone, everyone in the story, both for Jeremiah and for Jesus, everyone is evaluated in terms of their relationship to him. Because that, uh, I remember the first time I heard that in a commentary, looking back at the book of Jeremiah, and it's really true when you read the book of Jeremiah, that people have come and go, but he is the central figure. People reject him. People are angry at him. Kings reject him. He has no friends. He's like the laughing stock. But everyone, if the story is incessantly, you know, Jeremiah is the righteous prophet. He's telling the truth. All the people in the story are all evaluated in terms of how they interact with, deal with, and react to Jeremiah personally. And and like, boom, bam, that's a life bulb. Because that is the whole Bible, right? In a nutshell, yeah. we are all, everybody evaluated in terms of how we react to, how we you know deal with Jesus. So like the, the story, like when you said, people are gathered around saying, Jesus, who do the people say that I am? That's the central question. Who is Jesus, right? Exactly. That so, is so true. Yeah. That is good. You must find that like in ministry when you're talking to people about come to the Lord and all the rest. People have objections about the faith and they want to ask about the are the end times and picky you in different pieces of doctrine or scripture. And then you just don't you want to you just you just talk about Jesus, introduce him to Jesus, you know, and you deal with those objections later, you know, because if you just meet Jesus. Yeah, I think early on in my early days of ministry, you know, I've been in ministry now like 20, some 25, 30 years or something like that. Early on, I would try to answer all those objections, but I think I've learned through the years that, yeah, I mean, if you don't understand the gospel, which is the best news ever. Yeah. Um, it's way better to understand the gospel and receive the gospel and then try to get answers to those questions than to, to, to get and to find those answers. Um, because I don't know that you can, the natural man doesn't understand, uh, things of the spirit, you That's know, right. there's the passage in Corinthians that talks about the contrast between a natural man and a spiritual man. And so. Yeah, I think focusing on Jesus is the right thing to do, you know. So uh, if you look back in the talk and you say there was not something you felt embarrassed by or you wish you'd changed or you felt like there was a mistake or anything like that, was there a part there that was a real highlight for you that you say, uh, you did talk a little bit about like, oh, I wish I'd maybe spend more time on the gospel, this, that page about the Jesus is the well, truth. I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous because I did bring up some political things or oh, things yeah. that could be interpreted political. And I, I really want to stay apolitical or, um, right. Um, you know, so I brought up some quotes about the decline, the moral decline of America. Right. And, 
And but part of my point in that is everyone thinks it's like a new thing that America has been on a moral decline, like just in the last few years. But then there's quotes from like Abraham Lincoln that he he started being concerned about the moral decline of America in the 1800s, you know, right. so so um, yeah, and my point my point in that. And I think I corrected myself at one point is it's so easy to call out other people's sins. That's right. So easy to, and especially when it comes to things, political stuff or um, stuff happening in the culture, it's just, we're so quick to just, you know, point the finger at, at other people. And, but I think the thing that really convicted me about Jeremiah is I need to think about my own sin and right. I'm so soft on myself, right. but hard on others. So, but I need to be hard on the sin that I, in my life. And I need to ask God to show me the areas that I'm not, um, maybe I'm blind to that. I think that's a lot of it is it's that whole plank eye thing, you know, yep. um, <laughs> Yeah. Why do you, you know, why do you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye or point out the speck in your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? That's right. I mean, man, that is like, there's so much truth to that. So I was a little nervous. Um, I'm not sure I navigated that. I mean, I think maybe I would, um, I think I, uh, I think I could have uh, maybe uh, brought that in uh I, I don't know. I could have I could have made that better or just totally cut it out. In fact, I, I called you the morning yep. of. Yep. And I and I it's just like Jim, you know, should I I don't know. I, there's these different topics. I mean, because you know, the even his calling in chapter one, you know, touches on, you know, a political issue that's that's a hot potato uh today um but i just kind of went with my gut and i did um i did what you know what i felt like i should do but i really i really like and i hope uh, people enjoyed this focusing on that one verse in jeremiah 2 13 mm -hmm. and uh i i kind of shared a gospel illustration that i learned called the well illustration my people have committed two sins they've forsaken me the spring of living water and have dug their own cisterns broken cisterns that cannot hold water and just i love the idea that you can see that you can bring out the gospel the the good news um through the book of jeremiah and uh so i hope people found that helpful and how you can identify the different idols that we have in our lives and how they're like broken cisterns they can't hold water and yet we we turn to them instead of going to Jesus who's the spring of living water and it's something that i think applies to unbelievers but also believers did you think that how did you think that went that part? oh i thought that was great i thought that was really great and i thought um I, uh, I do hope for our listeners on this podcast that the audio of that part came through because I thought that was really good. And you had a good visual on the screen talking about the little diagrams you draw and how you talk about that verse. And then 
draw different shapes, and then you fill in those shapes with things that people give themselves to, they trust in, that they, they think will give them life, you know, career and causes, religion or money. Um, and, uh, and and you went through and then you kind of said this, you know, the, the real thing that you're going to find your hope in that's going to really, uh, 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 really be a spring of living water is going to be Jesus. Anyway, I thought your explanation of that was very clear and was really good. I like the illustration. Yeah, thanks. So this, you know, this whole, um, I mean, there's some great passages as always. And I think we all struggle with this. There's, there's so much content that you could right. share and you only have like an hour to share it. So you really have to pick and choose what to focus on. I'm pretty pleased with, with how, um, what I focused on, I probably could have cut out any, any of those things. You know, maybe I shouldn't have gone into those political quotes about Abraham Lincoln or whatever. Well, I, I think the Abraham, Abraham Lincoln quote was good. I think that I think people and this is when you called me that morning, we were talking about it. Um, by the way, when you, call, when you if I call you in the morning and say, Greg, what do you think of the presentation? The thing I don't want to hear is, oh, Jim, you should just change it wholesale. You should just <laughs> don't don't go down that path. I just, Craig, that's 80% of my talk. Oh, Jim, that's the last thing. I so, um, although we uh, have given each other advice before, well, like, I know we're, you know, the night yes. before, the, the night, night before, before, or a few awesome. nights before, you'll show me something. I'll be like, you know what? You, what do you really want to say? And you're like, it's at the end. I'm like, put that at the beginning. That has been huge. They've been, you have uh, helped me a number of times revamp. With like a, a uh, like on a Wednesday before the Saturday talk, I mean, like, oh yeah, reorganize and uh, turn it around, and that's that's been incredibly helpful. So, um, but no, I when you call me then, like, I'm we're both driving to the study. I'm thinking, I think the question is almost too popular. It's too enticing because as Christians, we do love to sit around and talk about this awful world we live in, how it's fall fallen away, and all all the sinners out there. It's very comfortable, very easy. I think that's what I said to you on Saturday morning. It's like yeah. people latch onto that. And not that it's political, not the polit not that it's political nature, but Christians love to talk about the decline in this great country of ours and how it used, you know. In fact, I think I don't know if I told you this too, there's a proverb. I might have mentioned this to you Saturday morning, but there's a proverb that says, Do not how's it go? Do not say the former times were better than these. It is not from wisdom that you say this. You know, the uh, glory days. Oh, so much better. Days. It was so much better, and um, and so I think people latched on to your your the, that thought and said, "Yes, you're right. It, the America's in decline. There's moral decay. There's a, uh, all those horrible sinners out. You know, it's just so easy to to jump on that. And that um, and I, I appreciate what you're trying to do with Lincoln, like to say, you know, you say that today, but 160 years or whatever, 170 years ago, he people were saying that." And they, it's true. It's true. And you probably, you could probably, you could probably find quotes from 500 years ago and a thousand years ago and 1500 years ago that say something very similar about the moral decay in this world around us. Cause it is a fallen world. Right. Yeah. Very and uh, we shouldn't be really surprised by that. And um, yet we find that we are. Yeah. But yeah. Right. So what's our mission in that fall? Is it, we, we, are we, we trying to, Look, I mean, the church tried this. Let's let's try to make it an unfallen world. We'll create a utopia here on earth, right? We should we should work as Christians to change American culture, make it less sinful, so people have, you know, do fewer sinful things. And 
that would make make America a, a wonderful place if we could just stop the sinners out there from sinning. And you know, this is why I'm glad you did. And you, I don't think I don't think you did go into politics at all. I just think people, like I said, it's very attractive to talk about the sin out there. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, and that's it, and and that's the thing in the book of Jeremiah he was calling out people's sins and these were like, he was calling out religious, the, the religious leaders. Well, that's the point. And I don't know if that came out in the Q and a afterwards, or I, I forget if we talked about it that Saturday morning, Jeremiah doesn't wail on the sinfulness of the Assyrians out there. Oh, these Egyptians are yeah. just, but he doesn't talk about that culture other than these Persians and the, all the cultures around us. You, do you realize how sinful they are? He wasn't doing that at all. It was about, us like the right the believers the we're supposed to be god's people and we're the sinners and people would have loved it people would have loved if he would have said let me tell you those persians and the the, all the cultures around us are just awful they people said oh yeah not like us we're the true believers and that it's very it it deflects my own attention to my own sin i thought you and you did at one point where you were super clear on that greg to say the real problem is us the real problem is me, and I need, I'm too soft on my own sin. But um, I just think it's like we're, it's too easy for us to fall in that trap. That yep. Jeremiah do that. He was, in fact, in fact, let me go on one more minute here or, or a half minute, because Jesus is the true and better Jeremiah. People wanted Jesus to do that too. People wanted Jesus to go wail on the Romans, right? And thank heavens you're here, Jesus. You're delivered from those evil Romans. Won't you agree with this, Jesus, that, that those Romans are the real problem? And when he comes to Jerusalem, he goes, cleans out the temple. It was a way of saying, no, you know, we are the problem, you know. And that's one that I think one of the reasons that he, you know, they, they hail him as he comes into Jerusalem. And by the end of the week, they want to kill him because he's saying it's not the Romans are the problem. We are. You are. Your, your own sin is the problem. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode and remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.